Welcome back to the Bunner Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Chappell, along with Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 58. Artie, episode 58. Going to be one of our biggest we've ever had. How are you feeling about it, man? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to get this episode to the people. I cannot wait till they hear the guest we have on this episode this week. This is why we do it. This is what, what, you know, why we got started doing this in the first place is to have guys like this. So I cannot wait for the people to hear our interview with a ECU Pirate football legend. Legend. So get into the show. Legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Legendary. <laughs> so damn corny, man. You, you, uh, what, what show is that? How I Met Your Mother. Did you ever watch How I Met mm, Your Mother? I did, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, good show. Yeah. Good show. Ending sucked, but you know. Yeah, the ending. Most of them, most of them do anyway. So, that that that's a good question, Artie, and we'll get into some talk here real quick. Um, but I, I want to ask you that that brings a question to my mind, and mm-hmm. I've got, I've got one of the, like, the worst like show endings, that I can think of. What is the worst show ending that you can think of, like right now, off the top of your head? Well, just off the top of the dome because I was so invested into this show. I mean, I spent years watching this show that's game of thrones game of thrones i haven't I seen spent, it i spent years of my life seen it. years of my life at least three years because i binge watched like the first three or four seasons but years of my life dedicated to game of thrones waited an entire <laughs> year of my life to see it and the ending was like what the hell what the hell so. <laughs> that, that's too good yeah um no mine i'm gonna go off the board here uh, mine is definitely the last man on earth. Did you ever watch last that? Last man on earth. I've seen a few episodes and it's, it looks hilarious. I've just, I've never finished oh the show. I've gosh. never actually like sat down and watched a whole don't, season of it. Don't, don't finish the show. <laughs> I think it's there a was, terrible ending. I think, it, I think there was two seasons, three seasons of it. And yeah. honest, honestly, this was the first show. It was, it, I don't know if it still is. It used to be on Hulu. Uh, Savannah and I, this was the first show that we watched, like after we got married, we, this was the first show, like we watched as a <laughs> married couple binge watched on, on Hulu mm-hmm. and we got to the end and it was like the biggest cliffhanger of all time. Like if, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen it, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, um, can I, can I go ahead and spoil it? Can I just spoil it? Cause it, it's ahead, a terrible ending. It's a terrible ending. So I guess the show got canceled <laughs> on the biggest cliffhanger of all time. So <laughs> the premise of the show, if you've never watched it, the show start like it starts off with this guy who wakes up and he realizes like everybody in the world gone. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Every, it, it's a ghost town. Like he's like trying to survive. He's doing stupid ass shit in his, in his uh, like, neighborhood and blowing stuff up and shooting things and eating random crap like just not giving a crap what he's doing thinks he's the last person on earth well then he runs into some other people over the course of the first season he starts running into three or four people that are also thinking that they're the last person on earth and they join they kind of form their own group and whatever well two seasons in there's like six or seven people in there um uh, Will Ferrell, I believe, made a made a cameo on. Of course, it for a they did. Bit. Uh, <laughs> but 
the ending of the show when they canceled it I, I think it was season three maybe season two i can't remember how long it was at the end of the season the very last scene they see thousands of people coming over a hill to see thousands of people coming over a hill they're not zombies they're like regular people they're regular people not zombies you don't know what they are and then you're like oh shit like what's gonna happen next season and then, and then it just doesn't come back. <laughs> that's the end of the show that is the end of the show <laughs> i don't know oh i would have been so upset yeah i was like i was like i would have been, so like, been so upset i was like oh i can't I wait will- till next year and then savannah was like i think it got canceled like she was looking at it like trying to figure out like what's gonna happen and she was I like will- I-, I think it got canceled I will say this. I, I never understood all the uh, animosity and anger towards the uh, Sopranos ending. Like everybody's, everybody's always said the Sopranos, the way, the way that's ended is like the worst ending in, in history. And I've seen the last episode of the Sopranos. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't get it. It seems like a regular ending. Like they end up in a, in a restaurant, yada, 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 and just kind of fades to black. But I have, I have finally started watching the Sopranos. And I'm about to finish season one. And I can, I can already tell I'm going to be pissed off once I get to the end of the show. I can already tell. I, I, there's a lot of TV shows that a lot of people have watched, and I just haven't watched them. Like, I, I guess I'm just kind of waiting, and I don't know. I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched Game of Thrones. I haven't watched the, the Sopranos. Savannah has watched. You're gonna love Game of, Game of Thrones. You're gonna absolutely love Game of Thrones. You're gonna fall in love with that show, and it's gonna piss you off. It's just gonna, it's just gonna anger you. There's too much. Uh, mature content in, in that show for me it's a lot of maturity it's a lot of maturity don't watch it with the kids that's all i'm gonna say i, I wouldn't even watch that with teenagers you gotta watch that with adults grown-ass mm. adults has michelle watched it i couldn't see michelle no watching that. michelle has virgin eyes she doesn't watch <laughs> stuff like that for those of you that don't <laughs> know not. michelle michelle is Artie's mom and she is a sweet sweet lady michelle likes rom-coms you don't watch stuff like that so already episode 58 of the boneyard podcast all right mm-hmm. um i want to i want to talk to you real quick about a uh former linebacker of the pittsburgh uh steelers I, oh, I already know who you about to say who am i about to say jack lambert of course yeah you know it you come know on it. now that's I, you pittsburgh steeler linebacker 58 come on now i mean you 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 already know yeah i mean dude was a absolute stud back in the day so um hall of famer shout out jack lambert shout out i know he probably doesn't listen ag our buddy yeah big, big steeler fan the only steelers fan i know well i know a couple actually uh shout out uh we're, we're gonna give out a shout out to uh davis Searcy. uh he he's a big steelers fan um so yeah I guess uh, the terrible towel or whatever. Yeah, go, go Steelers. <laughs> but, Artie, uh, we're, we're recording episode 58 from mm-hmm. the Boneyard Podcast headquarters here in Greensboro, North Carolina. <laughs> and Art- the, the, the unofficial headquarters of our, of our podcast. And the unofficial headquarters of Greensboro or of the Boneyard Podcast is in Greensboro. It's my, actually my office um, here in Greensboro. And I said, Artie. You pro- if you're listening to this, you probably remember Artie saying last, on last episode, "We got to get back in person." <laughs> and I was like, "Artie, we'll do it. We'll do it this weekend." Artie, Artie, uh, it's like, 
bet we'll do it. And I said, okay, let's meet today, three o'clock, whatever. I was a little bit late that that's on me, but (laughs) uh, we get to, we get down, we get everything set up. We're ready to record. And I go, you got, you got your stuff. And Artie looks at me. He's like, oh shit, man. (laughs) I was like, what you mean? And he said, I don't got it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this man we we came to record in person together because it, it flows better it just does like we it know does. it, it sounds better does. it flows better we know we already know and already the one that wanted to record in person and i love recording in person i, I love to see the looks on on Artie's face and his uh sweet hairdo that he's got right now um but yeah, he, yes, he forgot his stuff. So we are sitting Look. in separate rooms of my office <laughs> and recording via Zoom after I drove 35 minutes to be in Greensboro. To my credit, it has been so long since we've done this in person. I have forgotten how we even do this in person. Like I we, did, did, like, we did it in person last month. Yeah, but I was okay. We did it in person last month. And before that, it had been like two months. So yeah, we, okay. We've done okay. One I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. We've done one in person in the last like three or four months. So I'll, I'll give you that. I will give you that. But <laughs> Artie, the people don't care about about our TV show interest or Jack Lambert or you forgetting your it's mic. True. True. The people care about who we have on this podcast today. Yes. We have a quite big frankly, one. the biggest guest we've ever had. And that is no disrespect to Mike Golick senior because he is the man i interviewed him in my kitchen of my apartment and i will never forget that and but, mike mike golick had the opportunity to join the boneyard podcast as an intern let's not forget that <laughs> this is true this is very I, true. I, I made but, him the offer we can't pay much but but we can make the offer uh, you, i don't pay at all that's you talking <laughs> and when we say we don't pay much we don't pay at all <laughs> but yeah bigger than mike golick Bigger than Mike Golick. Sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Mike and Mike, uh, the big Mike from Mike and Mike. Uh, our this guest is absolutely a legend at ECU. I mean, one of the guys that has really put ECU on the map. And mm-hmm. we we teased it earlier or last week. We said we got a we got a shark in the water. Like we're we're going after a bi- a big fish. And guess what? Guys, we got him. We got him. Uh, you may know him as uh, CJ2K. I mean, the guy holds the record for most all-purpose yards in a single season in the NFL. I mean, this guy, he, he has the numbers to be a NFL Hall of Famer. The only thing I think that's holding him back is the teams he played for. The teams he played for, and, and honestly, I, I think the, the longevity part, I think had he gotten at least another two or three more years, it would, it, he'd be a first ballot, in my opinion. Had he got another two or three more years at the pace he was on, um, yeah, he'd, he'd be a first ballot. But I think that's the only thing really holding him back. And, and we actually, we, we asked him what his thoughts were on the NFL mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that interview with Chris Johnson coming up here in a little bit. But already first, we got to talk a little bit about ECU baseball, ECU baseball with a yeah. big series win against Cincinnati. Honestly, we're so close to getting the sweep, uh, lost in extra innings in game two um, on a on just a weird play in, in game two. But um, Gavin Williams continues to be the number one guy, the, the opening game starter. 
Um, he went six innings, and I think he struck out eight on Friday afternoon. That that was a big key to ECU winning game one. Uh, I believe that that final score was eight to maybe eight to two, eight to four. Mm-hmm. Um, not a stat guy here, but yeah, ECU's looking good. You you hate to see them drop that one game. Um, right. It, it was on an error in in the tenth inning. Shit happens. I saw I saw a lot of people upset at Connor Norby after game two. Artie, what I gotta say is Connor Norby is I mean, dude's on like a fifty-five game on base streak. Like <laughs> you can't be mad at Connor Norby. He's one of the best hitters in, in college baseball. I believe yeah. he's the top two hitter in college baseball. Like, dude is a bona fide stud. Dude's a stud. And I I've I've been by Connor Norby since day one. So I don't want to hear any Connor Norby flack. Like I I'm not trying to hear any of that. Yeah, so if if you are on Twitter, um, kind of flexing your thumbs at like about Connor Norby, like s- sit on the bench, take this one out. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't get on with the Connor Norby hate after after game two. Um, but ECU was able to salvage the 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 weekend series mm-hmm. and end up getting the the series win over Cincinnati, which is a still very a, a very good team. I mean, it's a team that, I mean, they gave ECU all that they had. And I've said it before on this podcast, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was games yesterday and the game today on Sunday that I honestly thought Cincinnati might be able to pull it out. And luckily, ECU was able to grind it out and, and get the win. And that, that was big. I mean, that, yeah. that was really big, especially you don't have Jake Kuchmaner starting anymore. He's out. He's coming out of the bullpen right now trying to figure some things out on the mound. But then in game two, you see him. He comes out and plays first base. That is the true fashion of East Carolina baseball. You have guys that can do a little bit of everything on, on this team. And that, that's what I love about Cliff Godwin and his team and his, the way he, he builds these teams up. He makes it to where – you're, you can contribute in other ways just other than what you are known for doing. I mean, Duke, right. Jake Kuchmaner's thrown a perfect game, one of, I believe, 27 or 28 perfect games in college baseball history. He's thrown one of them, and he's out there playing first base. I mean, <laughs> that, that tells a lot about his character and a lot about the character of East Carolina in, in their baseball program. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, honestly, I mean, not not much new to talk about here, and just to kind of piggyback of, of off of everything you said, because I, I thought you kind of said it perfectly. I mean, we won the series, we won it three uh, one. Cincinnati, I mean, they scored four, seven, six, and two. So I mean, outside of that, you know, kind of a dud yesterday or today, I should say. Um, you know, they they played very well. They played to win. They didn't just roll over. They didn't just give us anything. They absolutely played to win, and we showed up. We handled our business, and we did what we had to do. Um, you know, like like we said last week we're kind of putting ourselves in a position to be where we want to be at the end of the season. We want to be in a position where we are comfortable. We know where we are as a unit. We know that, okay, we're beating the teams we're supposed to be beating. And we're also beating the teams that, you know, should be able to give us a little bit of a, of, of a push, a little bit of a run. Heading into our last series with USF and heading into the American Conference Championship, this is where we should be. I mean, sitting at 36 and 11, still sitting at number 11 in the country, kind of creeping into that top 10 again. This is exactly where we want to be. So I don't really have too much more to add add outside of that. 
yeah i mean it's it's a good uh it's a good thing to be a good place to be in um right now just looking at it um it looks like we're gonna stay a game ahead of Tulane in, in the standings they they are in the bottom of the eighth inning they're up 12 seven just uh, some live scoreboard watching around the American Athletic Conference um yeah they're up 12 seven on UCF and and they have a they have a shot to win three games out of four against UCF and then they've got next week they've got the same um Cincinnati team I believe that we that we, that we got to play this week while ECU gotcha. travels down to Tampa to take on take on the Bulls of South Florida so um, this this next week is going to be important when it comes to seeding for the conference tournament and the conference tournament coming up in just under two weeks. Uh, I mean, already it, it, it's crunch time for the Pirates if, if they really want to host a regional. And those uh, yeah. that that information came out earlier this week that ECU has been named one of twenty potential host sites, uh, which is huge. I mean, it, it's huge. On any it's given year, you, you, you want to host. But right now, I think ECU plays so well at home. Mm-hmm. You have to have that home field advantage. And then especially with uh, Governor Cooper saying, hey, let, let's open this stuff up. They're going to be able to open up uh, more seating to, to fans as, as long as the NCAA approves it. So that, that could be huge for ECU to have home field advantage. And, I mean – their RPI keeps keeps rising as, as Charlotte, a team that ECU uh, swept earlier in the season, um, mm-hmm. continues to win and c- continues to creep up into the top 25 even further. So those two teams are the only teams from North Carolina that were selected as potential host sites. What what are your what are you thinking about that? Well, you know, to, to I really haven't even been paying attention to Charlotte, so to see them kind of creep back up and, and kind of get into the mix. And that, like you said, that's a team that we've already beaten. That's a team that we already feel that we're better than. And to have them potentially be a host kind of speaks to how good we are into, into our volume. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call a sweep against South Florida. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there right now. I think we walk into the American Conference Championship 40 and 11. I think that's, that's going to be our final regular season record. I think we walk in there with all the confidence in the world. Um, as far as seeding, goes in the big dance I think we do host you know if, if, if we don't at least win the American which I do predict we will win the American Conference um, championship if not come in second because we'll be there we'll be in the championship series um, but I, I absolutely believe that we will host Greenville North Carolina will have a regional there possibly a super regional and I'm calling it right now yeah, that I mean that that's the hope. I mean that's all you can hope for right now. I do think that these next two weekends are massive for ECU. They're huge. I, mean, I think you well, have. If if if, if, I think if we sweep it, if we sweep South Florida and we win the American, it's it's a, it's it's a it's a done deal in my opinion. I I agree. I think if if you sweep and you win the American, you're looking at a, at a top eight team. That's yeah, a that's yeah. a team that hosts a super regional. And yeah, that's, that's that's a super regional team, which is very possible for us to do. And I mean, sitting at number ten right now, especially after the two weeks that we had previous to last week, I think ECU's finally gotten it back together. Mm-hmm. Pitching still needs some work, in my opinion. Yes. Pitching still needs a little bit of work, just because. I mean, there was one game where I believe we put 
12 men on, 11 men on. Uh, that was the game two, the game we lost. Cincinnati only had five hits. They had more walks and hit batters than they had hits, and they beat us. That just goes to show you have to be perfect on the mound. You can give up hits. You can't give up long balls, but you can give up hits here and there, but you can't give people free bags. to. You can't, you can't give them a free pass. Make them put the ball in play. Like, I mean, ECU has one of the best defenses. I say that after, I mean, Connor Norby uh, throws the ball into the dugout and loses the game for ECU, but that, that that's a rarity. You you right. don't expect that from this ECU baseball team. So make sure get get the guys ready. Make let them make contact. Let your guys make the play. Now Gavin Williams, he can if he can mow guys down, that's huge. But you can't throw Gavin Williams out there every single day. My only question is if we do host, what's the possibility we can get a we can get an episode up in Greenville? Hey, I'm I'm down. I'm down. What's, we'll, the, uh, what's, what's, what's the possibility of that? Because I feel like we might have to take this show on the road. I I'm down. We'll uh we'll have to talk to our people about that, but uh we'll uh we'll, we'll let y'all know once we have something ironed out. I'm always down to go and um get a show on the road, especially down in in the great city of Greenville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Artie, that's uh that's really it for baseball these next two weekends. Like we both said are massive, massive weekends for ECU. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, Now, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a a team, teams like North Carolina or NC State in our regional. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's, uh, I don't think that's a stretch to say that those two teams would be there. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised at all if NC State and Carolina were both in our regional along with an, a, maybe another team from North Carolina or um, Virginia. I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of good baseball being played in this state, and it, it could that those could very well be some regional opponents that we'll, we'll have to just keep an eye out for. Um, so, yeah. But, Artie, there's a new recruit coming to ECU from in the class of 2022, yes, Elijah sir. Jameson. Uh, coming to he he committed to ECU basketball, uh, headed up by Joe Dooley. Um, this is this is a big get for for the Pirates. I mean, um, he had offers from Ole Miss and Wichita State. W- what do you think about Joe Dooley's recruiting and and how that's going on right now? Well, like, you know, it's not, it's not like we have a stellar recruiting class. We were talking about this before we came onto the show, uh, but he's he's building. He's building. He's trying. It's getting better than what it used to be. We've got a few splashes here and there with a Jaden Gardner, with a Noah Farrakhan. I know he didn't recruit Jaden Gardner, but um, he did recruit Noah Farrakhan and, and, and a few guys in, in between. So we, we've made some progress. We've gotten some guys here and there. Um, and, and, and like I said, it's going to be an uphill battle. It's going to be – it's not going to be easy. You know, we're, we're never probably going to crack the top 50 or the top 30 or 25 or whatever, but – you know, we were saying this, like, like I said before we came on, if we could just get into the top 75, because if you can get into the top 75, that truly means that you are probably going to make it to the NCAA tournament. And, and for ECU and for ECU fans, don't nobody care about ECU basketball winning a national championship. I just want to go to the dance. I just want to go to the dance. I just want to see it all. them in the dance. Okay, you want to win it all. That's going to be another 30 years from now. I just want to see them in the dance. Like, that's all I care about. I just want to see ECU basketball in the dance. I've seen A&T go to the tournament. I've seen Central go to the tournament. 
I've seen, um, you know, uh, UNC Asheville or whatever, or Pembroke or whatever, go to the tournament. All these other, we're not talking about the Carolinas and the Dukes and the Wake Forests of the world. UNCG. We're talking about UNCG. UNCG been there the last three or four years straight. They're, good, they're, they're a damn good basketball program. Like, they have a very right. good basketball program. So head coach I now did, at Cincinnati. Yes, yes, I did see that. Uh, I just want to see ECU in the dance. And and I feel like he's he's getting us to that point. We're we're slowly but surely kind of creeping to that. Yeah, and I think the the biggest thing is being able to keep good talent here, especially with the new transfer rules. I mean, you see, Jaden Gardner. If if ECU was if ECU had made the tournament this year, I think Jaden Gardner's still here. I I, I do. Yes. I yeah. Did. Yeah. One hundred percent. And 100%. I mean, you, you got to be able to play these guys and put them up against stellar competition night in and night out. And uh, that that's something that we talked about with our, with our guest today on the podcast. We talked about um, his playing time at ECU and, and how he, he spent uh, his time. And honestly, already he, he told a story that I had never heard and, and we're going to play it. We're not going to spoil anything yeah. like I did earlier with a uh, last man on earth, but <laughs> He he played – I mean, he, he was considering, I mean, making a big step and because of his playing time. And, and let's, let's not spoil it. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and throw it over to the, to the interview. Here's our interview. <laughs> Guys, this is major. Like, this is why you're all here. Like, if you're not rating us and leaving a review right now, like, pull over to the side of the road and rate us and leave a review right now for this interview because this is massive. Nobody at ECU, no ECU media gets to talk to this guy. Nobody. Nobody. There's a reason that the Boneyard Podcast is the damn premier podcast of Pirate Nation. I'll put you all on Jerry, blast. Jerry, will you get off your high horse and let these people hear what they want to hear? Come on now. Hey, I, I, I got I to get a plug in for ourselves, man. <laughs> Th- that's what I get paid to do. Um, I love it, though. I love so, it. Without further ado, here's what y'all are all here for. Make sure you subscribe and review because of this this episode, this interview. Our interview with Mr. Chris Johnson, CJ2K. Here he is. All right, here he is. This week on the Boneyard Podcast, guys, we have none other than an ECU legend, a true ECU legend. We're talking Mount Rushmore of ECU Athletics. He was drafted 24th overall in the 2008 draft by the Tennessee Titans, holds the record for most yards from scrimmage in a single season with 2,509 yards in 2009, is a three-time Pro Bowler, one-time first-team All-Pro. I am pleased to welcome Mr. Chris Johnson, a.k.a. CJ2K, to the Boneyard Podcast. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just chilling, chilling. That's about it. That's what's up. That's good. You you in are you in uh, Orlando, Florida right now? Where you at? Yeah, I'm in Orlando. Back oh. down there, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So first, I, I really just kind of want to um, jump right into it. Can you tell me a little bit about your your recruitment process? You came to ECU after only being offered by four schools out of high school. Did you feel overlooked? Uh, did you feel that you were severely underrated coming out of high school? Um, I feel like I definitely was. Um, I had, um, well, I had EC, ECU was my, um, I had a D1 offer from ECU. 
Um, I have an offer from Connecticut, and I had a D1AA offer from um, Eastern Kentucky. So I had three offers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or whatever. Wow. When, um, when only one D1 offered to play running back, um, Connecticut wanted me to play cornerback or whatever. Wow. But that was my option. That's what I my option was coming out of high school. So my recruitment process was simple. It wasn't hard or none of that. So. So it sounds like it sounds like an, it was an easy decision. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you: Do you still like looking back at ECU and over the over the years they've had some great teams? You were on honestly one of the one of the greatest teams. You and Dwayne Harris that that 2007 year. Do you still pay attention to what ECU is doing still today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I pay attention. Um, I usually make it to games and stuff like that, but. With COVID coming and stuff like that, I, I ain't been able to make it and stuff like that. But, you know, I try to stay on top of things and see what's going on around Greenville and try to stay on top of it. Got you, got you. And, and you know, speaking of ECU, speaking of, you know, the team that you played for, your class was really like the first class to put ECU like on the map, not, not including that 92 Peach Bowl team, but your class kind of like, as far as like national spotlight kind of. Yeah. Put us, put us in that spotlight a little bit. Explain to us how that felt, kind of, you know, being, you know, in, in that national spotlight at a school like ECU that comes from a small town and, you know, the, the fans are rabid. Just kind of explain that atmosphere, how it was like back then. I mean, it was crazy because, like, even from when I first got there, like, I was on, a, like, a 1 in 10, 1 in 11 team, like, only winning one game. Mm -hmm. But – the atmosphere around Greenville, you wouldn't even be able to tell that we wasn't winning many games because, like I tell everybody that asked me about ECU or kids coming out of high school at ECU recruiting, I'm like, man, Greenville is like a football town. Like, they love their team. They love East Carolina. And they're going to show up to the games every week. You're going to have 40,000 in the stands every week. I don't care how many games you don't win. You're going to have those loyal fans be there. So for me me to go from one, one and only winning one game to then coming back around winning five games and winning eight games, I think well, last year, I think we ended up winning like, I think nine or ten games, something, something like that or whatever like that. But just to be able to bring this – program from where it was to nationally known now like it feels good like to even like even when I went there like even when I went there it wasn't we didn't have much exposure like we went on TV all the time but now like every you turn around East Carolina they playing on, on TV so so it feels good to be a part of that success now you, you mentioned that um when when players ask you about coming to ECU and and when they're considering ECU. Now, one of the questions that, that I wanted to ask you was, have you had a chance to, to meet anybody or talk to anybody from the new coaching staff, Mike Houston staff, or have you talked to any of the current players? No, I haven't had a chance yet because of with the corona. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I really haven't had a chance. Um, like I say, I usually come up there for homecoming or catch a game if it's somewhere close around where I'm at or anything like that. But we just – you know, COVID, COVID is serious. So I haven't had a chance, but 
if things open back up this year, I'd for sure be there for homecoming and stuff like that. That's what's up. Ari, did you Got have you. another question? Yeah, and I, I just kind of wanted to ask, you know, speaking of ECU, how did ECU kind of mold you into the pro football player that you would eventually become? Oh, man. I would say um, a lot of it, you know, the ups and downs, the hurdles that that you have to, the adversity, man. I went through a lot of, I went through a lot of stuff at East Carolina, like coming in my freshman year starting, then my second year starting, and then my third year end up getting turf toe. So I missed like after, I think it was, I got turf toe like the second game of the season. And I, I ended up missing probably like three or four weeks. And then coming back off of that injury, just in my head, in my mind, thinking I'm just going to come right back in, get my job back, and just, just you know, just go on as regular. Right. I came back and, you know, shoot, they ain't, get this, they ain't giving me my job back. You know, um, you know, coach them asked me to help them out in different areas, some as mm-hmm. wide receiver and stuff like that. Um, I really, I didn't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? And even still to this day, I, I could, I'd be lying if I said that I put my mind into getting better mm-hmm. at, the, at that position that they wanted me to play. I went and did it just cause, but, um, stuff, you know, stuff like that. Not starting there, coming back my senior year and just, you know, and starting and, mm-hmm. um, it was crazy because after even after all that stuff went down my junior, I was so mad and upset at Coach Holtz. I was so mad, like I said, man, forget it. Um, forget it. I'm leaving, man. I'm I'm finna end the draft. Like it don't matter where I go. I know if I get an opportunity to go to the combine, I just run my 40 anywhere, like I know I'm get picked up or something in the league. So I'm like, man, I'm gone. I ain't with nothing. <laughs> so I turned my, so yeah, I'm a junior. It's out of my junior year. So I turned my papers in. I turned my papers in, see what my grade would come back. I think I, it came back like a six, seven round pick. So I'm like, you know, most people look at that and get discouraged. <laughs> right, yeah. But I'm looking at it like, man, I ain't played my whole junior year. I got a six, seven round grade. I run a good 40. I know I can go at least four, fifth round. Right. It is what it is. So all that, I get it back. So, but my whole thing was thinking like, when you turn these grades in and this stuff in and it come back, I'm thinking, so you fill out the paperwork, you put the address on it and stuff like that. You thinking the paperwork coming directly to you. It don't, the paperwork go to the head coach. So he get the paperwork, you know what I'm saying? So he called me in the office or whatever. We have a conversation, this and that, whatever. He just, you know, give me the different things. Okay, if you go four, fifth round, this type of money you make, you go higher round, this mm-hmm. type of money you make. And, you know, I believe in you, this and that. I plan on putting the offense on your back. All this, you know what I'm saying? So ended up, he talked, talked me into it, ended up coming back and, not only just that, I was just looking at the whole situation. Like, I'm kind. Of, I come back as a senior. Um, I can't get no worse than six, seven round draft grade. I can't get right. no worse than that. I can only go up from here. 
So that was a big part of it. So I'm like, shit, I'm gonna come back. I came back or whatever. And you know, I took Coach Holtz word and you know, everything played out how it's supposed to play out. That, right. I mean, you went from sixth or seventh round draft pick to a first round draft pick. So that, yeah. that definitely worked out. Yeah. That that kind of leads in well to my next question. You you talked a little bit about uh Coach Holtz and how how he um did you didn't get your job back, but what was what was it like playing under Coach Skip Holtz? It was lovely, man. Not to take nothing away from John Thompson, that's the guy who brought me in. I only got to play one year with him. And, you know, it probably could have been a great situation, but, you know, life happens and Coach Holtz came in. And, man, the stuff that he was able to do for that organ for that program and make it nationally known and every guys get drafted from out of East Carolina every year that I see now. As before me, guys weren't getting drafted like that. Right. Andre Allison, the year before me, got drafted, and I got drafted in jazz every year just getting drafted, drafted, drafted. But what Coach Host was able to do for that program, man, it's unbelievable, man. So playing for Coach Host, man, it was a great situation, man, a great experience. Like, and all Coach Host care about, as long as you're doing the right thing in the classroom, as long as you making it the – Eat breakfast in the morning, and your weight in the right. If your weight in the right, um, in the right diaphragm, or whatever like that, then and you making plays, you good. It ain't nothing else to worry about. Right now, now kind of piggybacking off of Coach Holtz, do you still keep up with any of your former teammates? Y'all, you know, come together, to kick it, kind of like reminisce on the good times. Are you like, do you ever keep up with them? Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to Andre, Allison, Philip, Henry. Um, Mike hit me. Um, talk to those guys. Um, Eric Graham, me and Eric talk a lot. Um, yeah, you know, we talk from time to time. You know, we all stay in different places. Yeah. But anytime I come back to homecoming or something like that, you know, we all get together and stuff like, like that. So, yeah, I, I still talk to all those guys. Got you. Got you. Now this, kinda, oh, go ahead. You go ahead. My my question's like off from left field, so you go ahead. But, well, I was I was gonna transition to your to your career in the NFL, and I was gonna ask you know you you reach heights in the NFL that that few people you know many dream of and few people actually achieve. And so, what was that ride kind of like, especially that that two thousand yard season? What was that kind of like being you know a top five player in the league? Man, it was crazy because you know coming from where I came from, even from. High school, me having one offer, me being a two-star, to me going to East Carolina, a school that's not really known, to me having to do everything I had to do to make it to be a first-round pick. And not only that, four running backs still went ahead of me in the mm -hmm. first round. So it was just like, man, I still got stuff to prove Like once I get here. So once I got there, you know, I had all these chips on my shoulders and stuff like that. You know, this, this was something that things that I did, I knew I had to do those things. I knew I had it in me. I just had to show it. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, it felt good. Now, if you had to compare your, your pro game to anybody else, who would you compare yourself to? You mean like it's guys that was older than me? Anybody, young, younger, older. If you If you had to compare your game to – 
one other running back all time NFL, who would you compare it to? Um, a guy that I always liked and looked at his film and studied his film and always tried to model my game like was Barry Sanders. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good that, that's, one. That's a good guy to look up to. <laughs> that's definitely a good one. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Now I will, I will say this, you know, your your career took off like like a rocket. I mean, as soon as you stepped into the league, you know, you were winning honors and, and awards and just just you took the league by storm. And, you know, sadly it didn't it didn't end the way that it started. We would have loved to see you have a 15, 20-year career. I know it doesn't happen like that for running backs. But do you feel like you've done enough in your NFL career to maybe one day get into Canton? Um, yeah, I think I have. Like, I, you know, running backs, they only played two and a half, three years. I played 10 right. years at running back. And when I look at it, when you look at the stats, all that things, I've, I've done all that. I've done – multiple, multiple things in the league that no one has ever done in mm -hmm. NFL history. Um, and not only that, like when you're looking at Hall of Fame, in my eyes, I feel like it has, like not only your stats and, and different things, it has to be something else unique about you. And I feel like with me is like, I feel like I changed the, the game of football, like when it comes to your smaller back, like, before I got in the league, like, guys my size was considered third-down backs. Mm -hmm. It was considered third-down backs, going that third-down, catch the ball out of the backfield, mismatch. Um, when I got in the league, I was, you know, I was an every-down back. You know what I'm saying? Then after me, you start seeing guys starting to get drafted, smaller guys right. starting to get drafted higher. C.J. Spiller went, like, top 15 after me. Yep. And you just look at today's game, you got Christian McCaffrey. Um, those guys like that. Um, who else? Kamara, Alvin Kamara. Um, he almost won me a fantasy championship this year. <laughs> you, just, you just look at these guys like back before I did what I did, these guys will never be, be right. you know, every down back or be a guy that drafted so high. Know what I'm saying? Like, you – People can even be like, shoot, Reggie Bush was a smaller guy. He came into the league before me, but as, as good as career he had, I still don't feel like he changed the game like I did. Right, because not only – Yeah, even when Reggie came in, he they always paired him with a bigger guy. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? With me, I came in my first year, I was with Lindell. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I just – you know, took it by storm. And then after that, it just went crazy. Like, you don't have to be – you don't have to be a guy that's 230 pounds to go to the league and play running right. back or get drafted high. You be 200 pounds, 195, 205, and, and go to the league and be a top draft pick and also be an every down back in the mm -hmm. league. So, like, when you put those – all those things together, I don't see how can I not, like – I got the record for the most the most um, all-purpose yards in the season. I feel like I arguably had the best se best season ever as a running back ever. I would I would agree with that. I'm I'm yeah. with you. I mean, oh, 2,500 yeah. all-purpose yards is really not going to be top by anyone in, in my personal opinion. So, and what you did in your career in that span, 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's Hall of Fame worthy. I know I know a lot of people are, are going to say, uh, I don't know, because he didn't have a 15, 20-year career or whatever. But, you know, the numbers don't lie. Vince Carter played seven years. Um, Terrell Davis played seven years. Right. Then on top of that, a lot, like, then when you look at my career and the things that I did, it's a lot of things that factor in, but people don't see. Like, most of my years, I didn't, I had a different offensive coordinator. I had a different quarterback. Damn near every year. You know what I'm saying? My my guy that I had, my offensive coordinator, my first couple years, Heimer Dinger, rest in peace, after he passed, every single year after that, I had a different offensive coordinator. Learning a new offense or a different quarterback, just different things. Like, there's a lot of things that factor in it, but shit, I made the best out of it. Like, shit, I had a thousand yards six years back to back when I was the starter. Know what I'm saying? So, you can put my, you can get any Hall of Fame running back, put my stats, my records, and all that up against theirs, and I'm there. I, well, look, we we here at the Boneyard Podcast say get this man a gold jacket. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, definitely. Now you you mentioned you knew that if if you ran your forty time that that would help your draft stock. Now everybody knows this. Everybody knows your your forty time. You held the record for, I think it was ten years. Yeah. My question is, I mean, you you ran a four two four, official. Is that the fastest time you've ever ran in the forty? If not, what is it? Well, the other times it was stopwatch um, at ECU. We had a junior pro day with us. <clears throat> so what they do is the scouts come out after the seniors is leaving. So juniors, I guess, is that spring leading up into senior year. Um, the jun- the scouts come out. They call it junior pro day. I ran a four one eight, but that's you know that's stopwatch. That's stopwatch time by the scouts and stuff like that. Stop watching not that's fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I never really go when people ask me about 40s and stuff like that. I never really mention that. I go by it because it was stopwatch. I only go by the electronic time. Like I ran track mm-hmm. and I know that that on them them official times. Don't nobody right. care about, it, about it if it's stopwatch. Know what I'm saying? Cause your uncle yeah. be at the track, um, clock you on the stopwatch and you run four three years, say four two eight. You never <laughs> right. know. So yep. you got to go by the electronic. So yeah. Now, what what were your thoughts when uh when John Ross broke your record? Oh uh, man, I didn't think it I, I and still to this day it is what it is, but I don't think he really broke it because when, <laughs> when the NFL network and you can still go to YouTube to this day and pull it up, they got the thing where you run against the person and it showed me pull off at the end. And then I never really seen in all my days of running track or any 40 that the unofficial time is exact as the official time. Mm-hmm. And I never seen it take three hours to come back with the official time. Yeah, so somebody might have been greasing, uh, greasing the right. official. There might be some conspiracy clock. there with that one. Yeah. Now, yeah. I want to go back real quick to, to your time at ECU. Um, I want to I ask you, what was, what was your favorite memory? Maybe it's a game. Maybe it's something that happened off the field. What, what's your favorite memory that you have from ECU? Um, I, I won this lady. I won this lady. I won her a brand new car. Wow. After wow. the UCF game. How'd that happen? I guess it was if, if, if you return a kick for a touchdown 
the first kick at the beginning of the game or at halftime that um, a lucky fan went in the car or whatever. So I did that. And then when I was leaving, coming from the um, field to go to the locker room, she came up to me screaming and all that, saying I won. <laughs> <laughs> now, gotcha. that, that 2007 season, the, the, to put an end to a, an awesome year, ECU won the Hawaii Bowl. Um, what, what was – I mean, you had 31 touches that game, over 250 yards, two touchdowns. What do you, what do you remember from that game? What do you, when you look back at that game, what, what do you think? Mm, I had over 400 yards that game. Was but, it over 400? Yeah. Oh, I, I read some wrong stats then, so. I had over 200 rushing yards, but I'm talking about total. I had total. right, so yeah, with, with the with the kick returns and punt returns and all that, yeah, yeah, and the uh, receiving yards and stuff like mm-hmm. that. See, I, okay, I was I was just looking at the receiving and rushing yards. I, w- I wasn't looking at return okay. yards. Okay, uh, say, ask me that question again. Though. I mean, look, just looking back at the Hawaii Bowl, that I mean, that game. I mean, it, honestly, one of the all-time great bowls, especially from from ECU. What, what what do you think about when you think about that game? Uh man, that's one of the stepping stones I feel helped me be a first rounder as well because like I always knew like man, I know how good of a back that I am, how how good of a player I am. But like I say, we at East Carolina, don't nobody see us play. We got this bowl game, we on national TV, ESPN. They gotta see this. They gotta see what's up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody gonna like you know when bowl games come, shoot, everybody watching. So I had to do what I had to do or whatever, but you know, coach them put a good game plan together and stuff like that. And I enjoyed it, man. Not just the game though, just the experience of being in Hawaii with all my teammates, the coaches, mm-hmm. and being able to just experience like Hawaii. I ain't never been out of Orlando or Carolina, now I'm way over here in Hawaii. I'm just in, enjoying it. Mm-hmm. That, that's now, awesome. Now, kind of getting to, to present day, what is CJ2K up to at this present moment? What What is it that you're doing right now? Yeah, um, right now I'm working on opening up a coffee shop. Okay. Right here in Orlando. So that's what I've really been on um, lately is just doing that again, that coffee shop open and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, what, what's the what's the name of the coffee shop? T- go ahead and tell our listeners. I know we got some some Absolutely. down there in Florida. We'll let you go ahead yeah. and plug that. It's called Just Love Coffee. Okay. Yep. Okay. Just Love Coffee. The one that's down here that I'm opening is Just Love Coffee Clearmont. Okay. So, um, yeah, that one should be open. Trying to get it open this month, but um, you know. You know how they go with opening businesses, staying hiccups and stuff like that. Well, well, if you need two guys to come down and do the ribbon cutting, I know, I know two that are <laughs> more than more than happy to come down. Uh, if you want, if you want, to put us up on a PJ. We'll we'll uh, we'll come down and and do that for you. How's that sound? Speaking up on a PJ. <laughs> speaking of coffee, though, what's 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 your favorite coffee? Are we iced coffee guy? Are we a hot coffee guy? Are we decaf? Are we we what what is it? Um, I'm a I'm a Hot coffee. Okay. I like hot coffee. I'm a hot coffee. Like it's just straight black. Just straight black. Um, straight black. Two sugars. Yeah. Oh, that that that's good. 
I gotta have yeah. some cream of mine. I gotta have a little cream. That'll that'll definitely wake you up. Some, some <laughs> black coffee. Now, when when you came out, is that what? Did you always want to get into being an entrepreneur? Was that your goal? Like when you came out of the NFL, what what was your goal? Um, honestly, I ain't looked that far. I ain't looked that far. I was just playing ball, having a good time, man, and then just going into transition phase from NFL to regular life, man. Um, had to get into something and do something, man. Um, I wanted to get into something and, and be able to be successful at it. So I feel like me opening a business, um, nothing better than trying to do that. That's awesome. Now, you here recently, you, you went back to school and, and you finished your degree. Uh, can, you, can you tell me, like, what that felt like coming back and, and finishing and, and earning that degree? Oh, man, that felt good. Um, I had a advisor named um, Margaret Clayton. So when I was in school, she always said, well, yeah, you're going you're gonna to graduate, you're going to get your degree, this and that. I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, whatever. I, I'm just focused on going to the league. I don't really care nothing about that. Like, I go to the league, I'm good. I ain't. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so once I went to, to the league or whatever, and then I finished school, like, you know, it ain't have really nothing going on, just trying to figure it out. And, like, that was the best time for me to shoot, go back to school and just learn some things, like me trying to get into business and me having a um, communications, me having a, like, communication media and stuff, um, degree and stuff like that, like, going back and taking them classes, it helped me learn a lot of stuff um, within communication. I probably learned more stuff in that like, them last two semesters that I did than I learned in my whole time being in college because I was so focused on football <clears throat> when I was in college. Got you. Now, kind of kind of getting back to your NFL career a little bit, do you think the the, the Tennessee Titans, because that's, that's who you spent the bulk of your career with, do you think they'll ever bring you back and celebrate you or possibly retire your number one day? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. I hope they do too, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if there's yeah, – we, we can't skip straight straight to Tennessee. East Carolina ain't even retired it yet. That's true. Yeah, you're right. That, that should have been the first question. <laughs> that should have been the first question. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk to our people and, and, yeah. and make it happen. <laughs> it, it steps to it. It steps mm-hmm. to it. Now, I mean, following you, that Derrick Henry's there now. Have you talked to him? I know, I know you go back here. You've still got ties to Tennessee. Uh, do, do you still talk to you? Do you talk to him? How, how's that? Yeah, we talk, we talk every now and then. We talk every now and then. Um, and then one of my last questions, uh, I, I wanted to ask if, if you could go back and say, okay, I wish I did one thing different in my career, what would that be? Um, I think back when I was in high school, back when I was in high school, I think I would have, um, I think I would have listened to my coaches and, and played a different position. 
receiver or cornerback. Wow. Wow. Then we wouldn't have CJ two K. Right. I mean that that could I mean that's so, a monumental like change. So so you think you would have been better at receiver or cornerback than you were at running back? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like it goes to the point where I just see the the career span. Mm. Like that, receiving okay. the corners playing 15, 16 years easily. That don't right. happen with running backs. And not only is just that, like you got guys playing this, they playing the game for this long and this late in their career and still making eight, 10, eight to $10 million a year. Right. Like even if you do play running back and you were in year 13, 14, you playing, you playing for a million dollars, maybe two, maybe mm-hmm. two million of that. I just know, like, I'm just looking at it from that standpoint. Like, yeah, I still feel like I would have been great at whatever position I chose to play. You know I'm saying when you look at it, when I'm looking at it from that perspective, for me to have been able to play 15 years, making at least $10 million a year all the way through, rather than playing 10 years and playing the last few of them 10 years at leading mm-hmm. home because I play running back, it's just different. Yeah, I, I see exactly where you're coming from because that running back lifespan is not a long yeah, lifespan. Yeah, them boys, yeah. they don't get hit. Receivers yeah. in corners, they don't get hit. They are, yeah. Oh. Are, do you have any more questions? Nope. I got, I got one more, CJ, and, and then we'll, we'll let you go. What, what was the first thing you bought once you, once you signed that rookie contract? Oh, that's a good one. The first thing I bought. And what did I get? <laughs> That's a good. That was one. so long ago, man. I think I got a car. I think I got a car. I bought like a little car or something like, yeah. Because I never, I never had a car, so I got a car. Wow. That's awesome. Good purchase, solid purchase. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, I'll, I'll ask you this question, and, and um, I, I want to ask you because we ask all guests, and if if you don't mm-hmm. have an answer, that that's perfectly fine. Uh, CJ2K, have you ever been to Sup Dogs in, in Greenville? No. No? Okay. We usually ask our guests what their order at Sup Dogs is, but uh, that, that came after after your time at ECU. So. Yeah. yeah, what year did it, what year did it um, get there? They opened in 2012. It's right there downtown um, on 5th Street, downtown. Oh, yeah. I left Great in, establishment. My last year was 07. Yeah. yeah. So – but one of these days, when when you come in for homecoming, you hit you hit us up, and we'll we'll uh we'll be there, we'll be there. We, okay. We've already got a group of people that we've had on the podcast before. We'll we'll just throw you in there, and we'll, and we'll go in all all together for for a good time at, at Sup Dogs. Great all food, right. uh, great drinks. Okay. Yeah, what's up? That's what's up. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the Boneyard Podcast. Absolutely. We 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 teased it on our Twitter that we were having honestly our biggest guest of all time. And you are the biggest guest we've had so far and probably yeah. the biggest guest we'll, we, we may ever have, honestly. <laughs> and, I mean, our, up to you, our, our biggest guest was Mike Golick. Mm-hmm. And now, and now you've, you've surpassed him, and we're, we're excited that you've done that. And we, we thank you so much for, for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, CJ. Yeah. Once again, that was our interview with none other than Mr. CJ2K, Chris Johnson, now a friend of the podcast. Uh, I mean, Artie, that was a pleasure talking to him. He, he's somebody that 
I mean, he, he doesn't interact w- much with uh, people around the media at ECU. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I got to say, like, talking to him, like, there's times, like, Artie and I were texting. We were like, I, I, I texted Artie. I was like, I'm legit, like, nervous to talk to this man. Like, this guy is ECU royalty. What, what, mm-hmm. what was your takeaway from, from that conversation with, with Chris Johnson? I was just happy he got a little lively with us. You know, I, I was I was kind of expecting him to kind of be, you know, just kind of monotone the whole time, just kind of give us, you know, some some basic answers. He got he got lively with us. He gave us some real answers. He gave us some good feedback. I mean, it was a great 30-minute interview that we had with him. It wasn't boring at all. Um, and, and he was just, like like I said, he was lively. And that's, that's really what I appreciated. We ended up just having a conversation more so than just kind of Q&A, which is kind of, you know, it's a lively, flowing conversation, and I, and I appreciated that because he is CJ2K. He is somebody that could possibly be in the Hall of Fame. He's been at the very high, the highest highs of the NFL. You know, he didn't have to give us any kind of platform or any kind of time at all, and, you know, he decided to do that. So I, I appreciate him for that. Yeah, so uh, Tennessee and ECU, um, whoever manages retiring numbers, get a hold of this man. Look, yeah, I mean Tennessee especially. Yeah, it's it's hard Tennessee it's especially. it's hard to retire a number in college. It just is. Yeah, it's hard. You're right. I mean his name's up in the rafters, like it, but it's hard to just retire a number and say nobody's going to wear this number again in college football. It, right. it, it it's but, damn near impossible. With I mean you have I'll, so many guys on the team every single year, and guys even then are wearing. You have guys wearing the same number even on the same team. I mean, out, out, outside of Eddie George, he is the greatest Tennessee running back ever. Now, Derrick Henry might, might make a case for second best ever when it's all said and done. He might make a case for the best Tennessee Titan running back ever when it's all said and done. But as of right now, Chris Johnson is the second greatest Titan running back in the history of that franchise. So they, they should absolutely retire his jersey. And I, I said before we even hopped on with him that it's a real shame – that he didn't get to play and show off his, his speed in the playoffs more than just the one game that he got in the playoffs. Right. I, I, I do think that that's a shame. I think we were robbed of, of a, a true, um, a, a great opportunity to see somebody like him perform in the playoffs. He only played in one playoff game in his career that I, I think he could have, I, I think if he wins one Super Bowl, I, I think he's a surefire hall of famer. I think if you add two to three years up onto his career, which is tough to do with a running back, I think I think he's a surefire Hall of Famer. But I mean, if if you add Chris Johnson to this Titans team right now, he's probably doing the same stuff Derrick Henry's doing. I mean, would you so, would you take him would you take him on your Bears? Would I take him right now? Yeah, right now. Yes, I would. I would take Chris Johnson off the couch right now. Play for the Chicago Bears. I mean, I, I would take him in, at the Falcons. I'd take him off the couch right now. Uh, he, he could probably still run a four four at least. He, at least you you put him in the you put him in the Falcons running back room and he's the number one guy automatically. Now we look now we do have Tariq. I love me some Tariq Cohen. That's an A and T boy right down the street. I love me some Tariq and I, and I love David Montgomery. But if we got the opportunity to get CJ two K off the couch, yeah, I'll take. Him. Yeah. So we hope y'all enjoyed that. Please, please, please let us know what you thought. Leave us a review. Um, rate us so that way. I mean, we when we go talk to these people and, and pitch coming on the podcast, we show them, hey, we have this many five-star reviews. That's how we're able to get these guys. So please, please, please do that. Um, we, we greatly appreciate that, and it, it just helps us get even better 
um, every single episode. So please do that. Artie, it's time to walk the plank. Do you have a walk the plank? Let's walk the plank, baby. You know I ain't got no walk the plank. I've had way too many consistently over the last couple of weeks. It's so but on no, brand. I don't have a I don't have a damn thing today. It's so I'm on brand. Um <laughs> I got one, of course, because I like to go off on, on random shit. Um mine, as some of you this one actually ties back to ECU a little bit. Um so this goes back to the NCAA and not knowing a damn thing about what they're doing. All right. So the NCAA, we're, we're talking about the, um, the women's regional for the NCAA tournament in golf. Okay. For, for the women's golf tournament. And the regional was set to be held in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It was going to be a 54 hole, um, regional they're, they're going to have a tournament and dorothea forbrig uh from ecu was down there to play i mean she had earned that spot to play well after postponing it for two or three days because of because of the weather the ncaa comes out or whoever runs that ship over there comes out and says the course is playable but not playable at a championship level <laughs> what the hell does that mean what does that mean? Exactly. What does that you, mean, Jared? So, so you mean to tell the me the basketball court is playable, but the nets aren't good enough for championship games. We got chains like, on what? the we got chains, Artie. We got chains. What does that mean, NCAA? I, I don't I have no idea. Like NCAA, get your shit together. Like this <laughs> to me, this is one of the things that is like it, it just baffles me how the NCAA can continue, continue to make mistakes like this. And, Artie, you, you've got a famous line. What, what What's the NCAA? Pimps. They ain't nothing but pimps. Yep. So, the NCAA ain't nothing but PIMPs. Like, my thing is, is, well, why can't you do a lift, clean, in place? Like, and they, if right. if that's not a championship quality, well, this week at the AT and T Byron Nelson down in Dallas, Texas, I, I believe that's where it is, the PGA tournament, <laughs> they're doing lip clean in place. Basically, if you hit a ball into a divot, and because there was so much rain and so much uh, moisture in the grass, you can literally pick up your ball, clean it, and place it down within six inches of the divot, not closer to the hole. Why can't you do that in this? Why, why? Why can you not do that? You say it's not at a championship level. I, I'm sorry. These these girls aren't getting paid. These girls aren't getting paid. These guys are getting paid to play right. at a championship level. Would, would, would they have done this to the men? That, that, that's the, that's the, the answer is no. The answer is no. Done this to the men? They would have figured no. it out. They would have exactly. figured it they out. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, Dorothea Forbrig, I mean, her, her – ECU career is now over. Um, her her career, she had a seventy three point one three career stroke average. I mean, this girl's gonna these, this girl's gonna go places. I'd love to see her make it to the LPGA. I don't know if that's in her. Uh, I don't I don't even know if that's in her, what she wants to do. But if that's what she wants to do, I hope I hope she gets a chance to do it. Um, now that she's no longer a student athlete, we are gonna try to get her on at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I mean the the Norwegian 
uh, that that'd be the first the first guest we've had from uh, a, I believe first international guest we've ever had. First international guest. Let's do it. Let's absolutely Let, do it. Let's do it. So yeah, I mean that. Geez, I I can't believe the NCAA. Messed I mean, you that just up. you just feel you just feel for these women. You you just feel for them because now, they they they've trained and worked this entire time just for the NCAA to say, yeah, it's playable, but it's not playable now. And then the way that they just went about it, they were like, oh, yeah, well, we're still going to allow some, like, the top, like, three teams and the top three uh, players that are – top three ranked players that are in this regional to advance to the next round. That's bullshit. That's not how golf works. That's not how golf works at all. So, LSU – all right, so there's more than three teams. All right, LSU, Ole Miss, Baylor – Oregon, Maryland, and Alabama are advancing to the next round. Uh, the advancing individuals, there are th- three of those. Uh, Karen Fredgard out of the University of Houston, some AAC love there. Natalia Guseva, I probably butchered that name, from Miami. And Hannah Alberto from Sam Houston State. So, yeah, um, those are the teams and the the – individuals that are moving on but Dorothea Forbrig college her college career ends because of a terrible 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 decision by the NCAA and whoever makes that decision I, I don't even know the I'm sure there's other people that make the decision but we're gonna put this on the NCAA like you, you got to figure this out like have have a have a second option somewhere else have have a or, or 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 at least have a better explanation, right? Do not come out and tell me it's playable. That the course is playable, but it's not playable Artie, to championship standards. Just come out and say the course is not playable. Artie, they would have literally kidding? let you and me play on that course, but not let those girls play on the course. Just tell me it's not playable. Don't tell me it's playable. Give me a damn it's not break. Playable to championship standards. Give come me a on, give man. me a break. Give me a break. NCAA walk Ooh, the damn plank. Thing. Walk the plank, NCAA. Walk it. Take your take your shiny ass on and walk the damn plank. <laughs> Artie, are they hiring for new pimps? Because I wouldn't mind being a pimp. Are they hiring P-I-M-P. for new pimps? Uh, <laughs> Artie, you got any final thoughts? Um, Vegas, baby. I got Vegas in four days. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And I just hope I don't lose all my money. I hope I come back with a little bit of money. Wish me the best of luck. When you're when you're out and there, you put any money on AC to win the national City. championship? For baseball? Baseball, football, basketball. I'm only I'm only I'm only putting money on baseball. We're not winning no championship or nothing else. Come on, come on now. now. I love my I love my school, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm only I'm only putting money on baseball. <laughs> I ain't put money on nothing else. Come on, man. Uh, how about how about putting some money on the Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup? I I I've thought about doing that. I honestly thought about doing that. You're probably not going to get that great of odds right it. now. You're probably not going to get that. Yeah, great I'm of probably odds. not because they're favorites. They're at least a top three team favorite to win it all. So I probably wouldn't get that much, but I don't know. Mm. I don't know. We're we're definitely we're definitely going to do some sports gambling. I can tell you that. That's what's we're up. Be doing some sports bets. Hey, so cannot wait for that. Always bet on black, baby. Always been on black. <laughs> well, um, Artie, I don't really have anything other than go watch the Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes are back in the playoffs for the third straight year. 
I am so excited. Playoffs start tomorrow. Uh, home ice advantage. I mean, there's going to be ten to 12,000 screaming Kaniacs in there. And uh, Trip Tracy, he can call us huge Kaniacs because that's what we are. We're huge Kaniacs. So go Canes. Um, everybody, please um, leave a review. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Um, that's, where, that's where you'll see most of our content. Also, also, I think next week we will be coming out later. Um, just some scheduling things. Like Artie said, he's going to Vegas. Uh, right. I mean, I'm not going to make him record when and, he's in Vegas. And I will be asleep all day on Monday when I come back. I'm not going to lie to you. And, so. <laughs> and I, I've got plans that Monday night. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back with, with something uh, to get ready for, um, I, I guess – That'll be it. closing out the the conference tournament. So we'll uh, we'll come yeah. back with something, uh, maybe after the conference tournament, um, on, on our next episode. So look out for an episode, um, middle middle of the week next week, uh, the week of the twenty fourth. Okay. Well, Pirate Nation, uh, it's been fun. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Chris Johnson, ECU legend. I mean. Honestly, I, I can't say enough about how, how happy I am that we got him. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. Like, subscribe, leave a review. That's how we get even bigger guests. So keep doing it. We're going to keep getting big guests like, like that. We've got others that we're lining up still right now. So you line them up or you help us line them up, we're going to knock them out of the park. All right. So Pirate Nation, that's all from me. Already got anything else? I'm gone. Deuce. Wash your hands. Hopefully I win some money. Wash your butts. Wash your hands. Wash your butt. Peace.